Good afternoon, friends and traders. Welcome to the Loaded Up Podcast. I'm Dan Hodgman. I'm Jack Pelzer. Jack, how you doing? Great. No complaints today. First time in a while, no complaints. Everything's cruising along nicely. Well, that's good to hear. If you were going to complain, I'm not going to hear. I'm not here to listen. I'm not your therapist. So uh, we got some action today in these markets. We do, and maybe my mood in general is tied to the markets, unfortunately. Uh, a good way now, I, um, I'm i feeling upbeat on things right now between the CPI number coming along as about expected. Uh, I think there's going to be some pressure on our best friend and friend of the podcast, Jay Powell, going forward about how much more they're going to jack rates. I think you're right. I mean, obviously, when you see CPI lowering, lowering are getting slightly better. I mean, again, we got to think, you know, big, big picture on that. There's a little difference there. Um, you know, it's year over year. It's not from where we were two years ago or where we were three years ago or where we were 10 years ago. Uh, but we're seeing it come down. So that's a really good feeling. Unless you're a buyer of eggs. If you're a buyer of eggs with the avian flu and uh, the price of eggs skyrocketing, um, you know, things are a little better. Well, it's like those runaway truck wraps you see on the highway, right? I mean, you're still going downhill, but if you're going slower, that's progress. So that's a good way to put it. You know, um, crash into one of those sand pits. Right. Well, yeah. CPI brought some volatility in some of these markets today. Obviously, if you're a treasuries trader, you saw big, big movement there. Um, I mean, on the number, we're talking like – a handle and a half move on just the number that half hour. Um, but that market really rallied all day long and is continuing to press higher right now. 115.12 right now. Our low was uh, 113.31. So really big moves here today in the uh, in the notes, in the 10-year note. Uh, equities, though, were relatively sideways. We saw some volatility, um, but they really did not establish any directional move. We're going to end the day higher uh, but really an actionable um, first hour or two of the day on that market. Um, and crude oil, it's killing me, Jack. I had a big trade on in crude oil that I was holding on to for a while. I finally had to dump my position. I was really looking for that 70. We got down to about 72-something, and uh, from there it has rallied back up to 78.31 is where we're ending the day. So uh, we followed up yesterday's update with a little bit of an inside day with up, upward tra- trajectory, in the, trajectory in the overnight session last night. Well, the important thing is that you did puke it. Take that as advice, everybody. Pretty, pretty pleased with the outcome on my trade. Um, Could have been a lot better, um, but I was able to manage my hedge a little bit and uh, walked away okay. Okay. Well, that's the most you can ask for sometimes. I'm looking at my favorite uh, today. Color me shocked that the ES closed pretty much exactly at the 200-day moving average. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen out there, traders, we are dancing around the 200-day moving average in the S&P 500. Be aware of where that is. It is a magnet. You know, people are going to keep it around there for a while. Very pivotal location. Exactly. It's been a long time. So last time we broke through the 200-day moving average was, oh, we did, I guess we did it briefly in December, but uh, came crashing back down around uh, December 14th, broke through, went down back past the 50. The 50 and uh, 200-day moving averages coming closer and closer together. So keep an eye on those, especially in conjunction with all this Fed news. 
Those moving averages are always great things to keep on the chart, especially on the daily uh, monitoring where those are. Really why they're so nice is something like the 200-day moving average. If we're relatively away from it, but we start to see the market approaching, um, there's going to be opportunity. You know, look for something potentially to happen either going to or away from that number um, or that price. Definitely monitor those uh, moving averages. I really can't stress that enough. They're, everyone yeah. keeps those on the charts. Exactly, and that's, and that's why they're important. Everyone does it. So take a look. Just put on your chart the 50 and 200-day moving average in the ES. You can see how it's an important level. You look back uh, before December, the last time it kissed it was way back in August. And then the time before it kissed it turned right around. That's why it's an important level. And then before that, we hadn't seen it since uh, April. So it doesn't happen often, especially after this uh, decline that we're meeting up with the 200-day moving average again. That's going to be a huge point to watch to see if it accelerates beyond through that or if it's kind of this resistance that it can't shake. So keep your eye on that. Jackie touched on it too. These levels, just because they're talked about, you know, and people are looking at them, doesn't mean the reaction is always going to be the same. It mm-hmm. it can hold, right? Right. The price can get there and not move. Um, the price can hit there, like Jack said, kiss it and turn right back around. Um, or if price gets through there and it breaks through and it can accelerate to the upside. So there's a every uh, possibility can happen at these, but the reason they're so great is because they lead to pretty decent opportunity. Um, when you're thinking about risk reward, you can look at these prices and say, hey, I may be able to tighten up my risk and extend my reward near these price points. That's exactly the point I was going to make. If you're using you know, our asymmetric reward risk, you know, coin flip, I can't tell you for sure if it's going to blow through it or go down, but it's a really good place to have a thesis and do something because, as Dan said, you can tighten up your risk and let it run much further on the winning side. Absolutely. So, Jack, so any other markets here before we get to the main topic? No, I was going to – I had a really good segue into the main topic. Well, segue away, man. Um, so, Jack, when you're sitting down in the morning and you're preparing to trade, what are some of the things – Are you is 200-day moving average one of the first prices you look at? It's the first thing that hits me in the face when I open my chart, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think what Dan's hinting at, today we're kind of going to start a little three-part series – that is on the uh, prep trade reflect model that we kind of are partial to here at Top Step. The idea that every trading day, every time you sit down, it involves a prep phase, trade phase, and then reflex uh, phase. And I think we focus a lot. I think most people out there, myself included, have a habit of just living in the trade phase where we just sit down, start firing away trades, you know, you close out for the day and then you're done with it. And I think that there's very important insights you can gain by having a process, having a routine to get ready for the day and from reflecting at the end. And I think today, Dan, we're going to talk a little bit about prep and um, we'll keep it open ended with you and me. But I'm also going to go back to we have this great trading uh, checklist at Top Step that kind of it's a framework to go through the whole day before you start figure out what the market state is, what the trends are, and then sit down and then start trading. But Dan, let's start with you. All right. Let's talk a little prep. Let's talk prep. Prep's a big deal to me. You know, past it, past jobs I've had required a lot of preparation, training, um, be it military, be it as a professional trader, you name it. I mean, I've been 
uh, everything you got to do is takes preparation. Um, and it starts from the time you're waking up in the morning. And that's just not crawling out of bed when you feel like crawling out of bed. There's a time base to all of this, right? You want to have a little bit of structure and routine. Because when you have that routine and that structure to how you start your day, that has a major impact on how you trade. We've all heard the common saying, oh, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, that's something you want to have a little bit of a control of, and that's that routine in the morning, how you're getting up and going about your, when you're going to bed as well too, right? That's all part of this. You want to get a solid, you know, I don't know what they say, eight hours of sleep every day. I don't get eight. I'm happy if I got five or six. Um, That's my part of my day to day. So getting up in the morning and I'm starting your day. So when you get up and how that all goes for me, um, it's get up and I hop on the Peloton and I do a 20 to 30 minute ride every morning, hop in the shower, walk the dog and get the coffee going. Like that's where the day starts. And that has to be consistent for me because I need to wake up and energize myself. That's what riding the bike does. I get up, I get a little energy going because it's hard to get up and get moving in the morning. It's good for you. You're still much more of a morning person than I am. I kind of gave that up after trading uh, to an extent. But like, what, what time do you get up now, Dan? So I'm I'm going to – slight hypocrite here. I say be consistent in the time you wake up. I fluctuate uh, between 5.15 and 5.45. Some days I'll push it till 6. That's so but early I, as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two things. I'm awake by 4 a.m. So mm-hmm. – like, I'm not sleeping past 4 a.m. I like that slow wake up in bed, get out the Wall Street Journal on my phone or, you know, scroll through social media or look at what's going on in the news. Um, I kind of take my time there. And then for me, it's just I know I need at least 40 minutes sitting down at the computer looking at what's going on in these markets before I have any consideration to trade. Nice. You're like Mark Wahlberg there. There was a guest on the uh, podcast years ago, I think before we were even on it, who ran this, I think it was called like Hour of Champions or something that was like all about the hour of between like four and five in the morning or something that, you know, essentially if you can get up at that time, everything's easy. I'm the opposite where I stay up too late, but I still think that the routines are important. Uh, For me, it's a lot different. Uh, I have a young child, so... I'm doing some of that in the morning, but I get done at the same time with it. And then like you, I go, I read uh, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal. I've been looking a lot at uh, trading view stuff right now. Look at things to start the day and then kind of go from there. I'll usually be monitoring sometimes Hogue on the uh, market forecast to hear what the man with a better part of a century of trading experience says about everything. (laughs) Dan called him the other day on Coach's Playbook. And... Yeah, it's important to do that. If I just, I remember from when I was trading full time, is there would be days where, you know, I'd be rushing to the blue line and running down jacks into the board of trade and stuff. And that wasn't a good way to be kind of centered to trade something, especially the numbers at like 7.30 in the morning. You really don't want to be rushing to trade. If you sit down, if you've been rushing all morning and you sit down, it's really hard to slow yourself down. So you need to find ways to create that slowing the world down before you start trading. But Jack, you brought up something really interesting. There's a great saying, um, there's a story about Kobe Bryant. I think we all know about him, one of the greatest NBA players to ever play. Ever play and he was truly all about preparation. Um, and then in the offseason, he used to talk about how he would have his first practice session. It was between like 4 and 5 a.m. 
He would practice for two hours, go home, eat some breakfast, get his day going. Then he'd go back and he'd practice again by like nine or you know ten or eleven o'clock. Get two more hours in, go home, stretch, eat a little food, go practice again. And he was averaging like six hours a day. And mm-hmm. if he starts here at six hours a day and his competitor starts here, but that competitor's not getting up and doing that first two hour practice in the morning, he's gaining on someone like that. You know, ten to fourteen hours of practice every single week that the the competition's not getting because he's forcing himself to get up and maintain that routine while someone else is still sleeping, and over the time that gap, if it's you know ten hours a week times fifty two weeks, you know let's rein it in, let's call it four months, right? Because you got regular season. So if you're doing that over um, sixteen weeks, he's gaining a hundred and sixty hours more of practice every single year that someone else isn't getting and that just slowly creates this difference between the growth of him and his competition and over time you know maybe 10 hours of practice isn't a big difference but i can tell you 100 hours of practice is a big difference then it turns to thousands Um, over a 20-year career he's gaining an extreme creating an extreme gap in the preparation he's doing versus others it is huge, and I think you have to be smart about the way that you do that practice because I don't want to make it sound either like we're suggesting the only way to meet your goals in trading is to have psychotic dedication to something, right? <laughs> because you can go both ways where then you risk things like burnout. This doesn't really apply to trading as much, but I think about you know Tiger Woods being the same way, but you know, swinging the golf club several million times does take a toll on your back. I guess so does your Genesis or if you're driving it off of cliffs. But that stuff can take a toll on you and trading's no different where you gotta be smart and kind of listen to what you can take at times too. I think I heard somewhere that like Jack Nicholas when he was golfing, like he pretty much practiced short game all the time and only took like 20 full swings or something just to like save itself so vary things up with what you're doing like have a routine but at the same time don't burn yourself out if that is you know don't try and have every 15 minute segment of your day for a year out planned but i think um, you're you bring up a good point i mean there's burnout here um also it's like you got to understand yourself um that's like one of the most important things I've ever been taught um, is know yourself and seek self-improvement. So if there's areas that you're struggling in with your trading, you should know that better than anyone. Um, You know, if you're honest with yourself, you maintain that humility. You've got to learn how do I improve this? And it doesn't mean sitting there staring at the screens. You know, it's mindset books, reading books and educating yourself. Like I read, you know, I read mindset books all the time um, because to me, there's a, a really great tool to how to create disciplines within in myself, especially when I'm not feeling motivated. I have one right now that I'm, uh, I just got. I'm excited to start reading. It's about creating that motivation when you're struggling to find motivation. Yeah, that's great stuff. We're also having uh, Jared Tendler is doing a monthly thing with Top Step starting next Wednesday at 3.15. Talk to us. We'll give you more information on that. You probably got the email. Yeah, mindset is important. And as a day trader too, use to your advantage that, because what burnt me out when I was trading uh, treasuries is, and with positions that were always on, and it's open 23 plus hours a day, is that there was never a time where it wasn't kind of eating you in the back of your mind. 
if you're day trading or like in the top step program, for instance, use to your advantage the fact that you're closed at the end of the day. Do your reflection, but then take some time to do other things. I think that's important, but we'll get back to prep soon. Yeah, I mean, well, you're, you're spot on. Part of your preparation is thinking, am I mentally prepared to trade today or do I need some time off? Because as a day trader, if you're getting out at the end of every day and you're not managing a, a large book because you have a ton of positions on, you're not forced to sit down and trade. And so that's got to be part of your preparation. If you sit down and you feel, we all know that feeling, you know, today here in Milwaukee, gloomy day, not really nice out. You know, it's hard sometimes if, you know, people their mood sometimes is weather-based you know if it's sunny and gorgeous mm -hmm. out like you're feeling a little bit more fresh if it's gloomy cloudy and gross out with you know snow coming down you know maybe that is uh you know if that's taking a toll on you and you're not just you're just not feeling it that's one of the best opportunities to say hey my biggest opportunity today is not to trade so those are part of your preparation is you know where's my mental state we did an interview years ago oh i'm I believe her name was Tasha. I'm drawing a blank on her name. There's a great funded trader interview I did. Tanya. Tanya. I was going to guess that. With Tanya. Um, and it talks about scoring your mental. She talked a lot about like scoring your mental side. Like where do you fit score on your mental side of the things? And she goes into great detail on it. And to me, it was one of the greatest, you know, ways to frame things out to question, you know, how do I feel today? Am I good to trade? Yeah, some people go super objective on that with ratings on how they feel. I think that once you, so we've talked a lot about the routine to start. Once you feel like you are in the right state to trade, I'm kind of going by our checklist now, but so you're ready. Then what do you do as you sit down, you're looking more at a tactical level, what you're gonna do today. And so as we go through our checklist here, you know, you're gonna know what market you trade. Most of you trade the same market every day. But starting every day, you should write down or just be cognizant of what are the underlying trends in the market, right? Write down the settlement prices. We know Dan loves settlements. The previous key day level. net change. Yeah, key level. Previous day net change. These are all things to be aware of before you sit down. And maybe most importantly, uh, volume and open interest. Pay attention to them. Figure out what your targets are for the day. What's going to be counted as uh, something that's high volume, where are your expectations on where things should be so that you can react when they're not, they're exceeding them or falling short of them and take that into consideration. You know, and to add to that too, you know, Jack, you brought up our good friend, Jay Powell, um, you know, looking at what can impact my market today, you know, is Jerome Powell speaking at one o'clock? Um, what economic releases are coming out? There's so many websites out there. There's Cano Day, Forex Factory, like you get it on a calendar, get on an economic release calendar, see what's going on and make sure, you know, you're right. You know when these are coming. And if you don't know what kind of impact they have on the market, make sure you like set an alarm for yourself that set their calendar invite, you know, whatever, something that'll notify you like, hey, there's a number coming out. I got to sit. I'm going to step out on this one. And when you have to act fast, I'm a Brit. When you have to act fast, I'm a brick spreadsheet person in general. But uh, when I was trading unemployment at a firm, I would still, I had a, here, let's see if I have one of these here, one of these legal pads. I would turn it sideways like this. So I had extra room horizontally. There you go. And I would just write down in big letters the, uh, 
the forecast for unemployment and I would write five numbers across the in the middle would be the ex expectation and then outside it would be the um the expectation high and low and then the whisper numbers right and so i would just stare at those because we had a squawk box there so and i'm sure you have programs like that they'll do it online and stuff so the second that it came out they would be you know shouting the number in a british accent right yep you know Two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. You know, and then, <laughs> but the reason I have those numbers down is that I would it would instantly give me a reference of like what it was, and if I got anything on because we would get fills on it. If it was if it wasn't instantly in my favor and it was outside those expectations, I'd be like focusing all my energy on like how do I get flat right now and then reassess. Mm -hmm. That's right. a great point. So stuff like that, be aware. Other uh, things we have on here, you can get as granular as you want, but always be aware of, I've been doing a lot lately after listening to Anne-Marie about having the, um, the month high and low and then uh, open and close, the month high, low and close all the way down my charts. And those are very useful levels. But you can also go, if you're a day trader, to paying attention to week high and week low, three-day highs, especially the previous day high and low, and then the moving averages. Hoag's list has 10, 20, and 50-day. I'm a big 200 as well. That should be on there. But there's a lot of important levels that it's going to take you a little time. You can have on your chart, but just kind of take some time to internalize those numbers and kind of have a feeling for what I want to do if it's testing these levels, if it's going through them. You can do all of this before you make a trade. And I think this is probably one place where a lot of us fall short of what we want and to some extent know that we have to do. Yeah, I mean, there's so many levels we can sit and talk for hours about how to like set your charts up and what to look for, uncheck points of control, prior day highs and lows, overnight highs. I mean, you can go on for days. Uh, find what works for you. Um, I would say if you're just trying to figure it out, you know, look back look back at the previous month so had i looked at these would this have impacted me if i looked at this would this have impacted me you know what you're seeing is important um and then to add to that too you know jack's talking about we sometimes rush this i think there's this notion that we call ourselves traders but we're a lot more than traders you know i we're account managers we're money managers we're risk analysts um, there's a lot that goes into it, and I would venture to guess every successful trader out there, they're not spending most of their time executing trades. They're spending most of their time preparing for the day and what they're going to be looking for. When you put on a trade, you're making a business decision. So it shouldn't be my favorite term, willy-nilly, is I would say you probably want, you're not always going to get it, but you probably want to look at these things for a half an hour before you start entering trades into the market. I mean, you put on an ES, that's a $200,000, we're right at 4,000, so the math's easy. $200,000 nominal, you're, you're just uh, chucking $200,000 out there and taking the results. So when you think about that way. Right, I mean, Jack, you said it really well. It's a business decision. You know, what goes into making a bit normal business decision? There's presentations, 
there's meetings, there's discussions, there's financials, there's so many things that get involved into making a simple business decision. It's the execution that, okay, we know our now we've made the decision, we've said, yep, this is what we're going to do. The execution sometimes is a lot easier than the preparation. What's nice too about thinking about that way, I never thought about it when you said presentation right there, is I think on some of these that plays into your stops and stuff like that, is if you can imagine you're giving a presentation on this trade, um, you would certainly, as part of it, because someone would ask you, so what's our risk profile here? How much can we make? And what's the most we can lose? So that's where you're going to get out. You'd have to go up there and be like, I am shorting this. And if we lose X amount, I'm absolutely getting out. You're not allowed to move the stops then. It's not like you wouldn't be able to do that in business or if you were taking money for a bank or something like that. So have that level of discipline and preparation when you go into the markets yourself. Yeah, imagine you have to pitch this trade that you're taking to a team of people um, that maybe are harsh critics. Yeah, you know, being a, cr a critical, there's a spectrum of self-evaluation, right? Certainly on one end, far too many people are out there are way too critical about themselves and really prevents them from doing anything because they're so critical and that's unfortunate. But then on the other end, there are people that are, I would say, kind of completely unaware of, of things. Or, and you don't want to be that either. And in trading, you want to be somewhere right in the thick of that, right? Have discipline, make serious decisions. Don't end the day and be like, wow, that decision I made was super unserious. That is something an unserious person would do. Like losing... 50% of your account in a day, that is unserious. I mean, if you've seen in our, you know, Top Step Facebook community, there's some great lessons to be learned from there. And you've seen people, I, I saw one this morning, I made some dumb decisions and I almost lost my account. I hate seeing that because they know it was a bad decision, but they let their emotions maybe take over. Um, obviously, you know, there's sometimes you got to touch the hot stove to recognize it's hot, but I think the, pro yeah, go, I was just going to say, ahead. do your best to learn from other people's mistakes. I think the problem is though, a lot of times, and I'm not excluding myself here. I do this too, is when people say that they made dumb decisions, they're only dumb because they didn't work. Like if you made a dumb decision. And I, I rarely hear them say, I made a dumb decision. I like tripled down on a trade, nearly kissed my risk limit, and then it all came back. I, I, people don't tend to say that. It's sort of like when, you know, people are only sorry that they got caught. It's a little bit of that action. Learn to recognize a dumb decision even when it works out in your favor. I think that's an important. I think you got a great, I mean, we'll talk more on part three of this about the reflect, but you, you got to grade your yourself, you know, be totally honest, forget about the PNL outcome grade, you know, the execution you did. And we'll talk about that um, in a couple of weeks, but yeah. So today, so that's the rough outlines. We'll have more content on this in top step as part of our whole prep trade reflect thing, but that's our spiel on prep today. And to summarize, have a routine, have a routine, make sure you're in the right mindset before you start the day. Do research before you place a trade, some kind of standardized thing, and have a good feeling for the day before you get started. 
Next week, we'll go on and talk about trade management and the actual trade portion of it once you when you're deciding to get in and holding trades, which I'm sure will be delightful. So, Dan, I think that's all for us right now, unless you have anything else you want to plug along the way. Not at all. Just keep be smart about the decisions that you make and uh, be consistent in your approach. Be smart, but be serious and have fun. We'll see you next week. Namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.